The South Pacific's official cyclone season starts today and already various Met services in the Pacific are predicting multiple events in the coming weeks and months. Something different this year though is that for the first time ever some Pacific Islanders are going into the season protected under a unique climate insurance solution. Implemented by the United Nations Capital Development Fund, more than 1,300 households have already been signed up in Fiji with up to 4,000 expected on board going into the cyclone season. And the aim is for 200 families also to be signed up in Vanuatu and Tonga this month. Joining me from the United Nations Capital Development Fund in Suva, Fiji, is Krishnan Narasimhan, the Program Manager for the Pacific Insurance and Climate Adaptation Program. Bula Krishnan, tell us more about this new solution. So there are multiple perils to which the Pacific small island developing states are exposed to. And at present, there are very limited financial instruments or products that are available for the communities and individuals and households to effectively uh, address these risks and also prepare them from the negative impacts of uh, such perils going forward and the frequency of such events extreme weather events are only increasing in the last uh, uh, 10 years which can be directly attributable to the impact of climate change Um, the technical capacities within these countries are also quite limited and therefore we saw this as a big uh, like development challenge and and before the start of this program actually in none of the pacific countries there were uh, any significant insurance instrument that directly addresses the needs of the communities and individuals and households, as well as small businesses to offer them uh, post-disaster liquidity to rebuild their lives, to restart their farming activities or their small businesses. And uh, the hypothesis or the concept on which the Pacific Insurance and Climate Adaptation Program is structured is uh, on a market ecosystem development approach that uh, UNCDF does. So we firmly believe that if we offer the right technical support as well as the incentives, financial incentives to the market players, national players, then the ecosystem can be developed to offer uh, sustainable and innovative solutions. Delivered, of course, through digital channels because we specialize in digital delivery. Yeah. So, like, I was in Vanuatu after Cyclone Pam and, you know, a disaster of that scale. It was it was like a war zone. You know, it's like everything was struck. How do you create a model, a viable model to take into consideration a whole country? going under i mean like what financial model could cover something of that scale which is the nature of the increasing frequency and strength of these events that we're seeing as a result of climate change yeah so thank you Cora. it's a very very important and very pertinent question so disaster risk financing as uh, as an intervention integrated within the national disaster management plans has to look at uh, risk financing uh, in a layered approach. So there is no one size fits all and there is no one instrument that also fits uh, the requirement of a country. So let me give you uh, a few examples. The the extreme weather events or the extreme uh, cyclones that the region has met in the last few years. You talked about Cyclone Pam, there was the Cyclone Winston in Fiji and 
after cyclone Winston till this year, there have been 11 other cyclones in Fiji, which, which probably people do not know. There was cyclone Yasa, which was also a category five cyclone in 2020, 2021. Then there was uh, uh, cyclone Tong- Ana last year. Tonga yeah, was hit were, by a five. Tong- Tonga was hit by cyclone Harald and uh, cyclone Gita. So these were all extreme weather events. So at the national level, there is huge damage caused to public infrastructure like roads, uh, like bridges uh, and buildings. Then at the MISO level, there is also widespread damage caused to communities in the form of damaged houses, damaged plantations, schools, church buildings, etc. Then at the individual household is MISO an uh, acronym? Can you explain that? MISO is what happens at the, uh, at, the, at, the, at the intermediate level. So micro is what we call at the household or the individual level. Macro is at the sovereign or the country level. So MISO is at the subnational or the community or the village level. Right. Then at the micro level, uh, both individuals, small businesses, micro businesses and uh, individual households are also affected because there is damage caused to their gardens, there's damage caused to their uh, roofs, houses. Sometimes the houses are totally flattened and they will not have, uh, they need to move, they need to be moved to community centers and they maybe end up living in community centers for weeks and months after uh, an extreme event till the houses are rebuilt. So uh, the biggest challenge for all of these players, whether it's at the sovereign level, national level, or whether it's at the community level, MISO level, or whether it is at the micro level is financing where do they where do they get the money so the interventions that we have brought in to these countries or we are it's in fiji it's in vanuatu now tonga is going to be from next month is insurance products that address the immediate cash liquidity needs of individuals uh, and households and also looking at uh, cooperatives. So the distribution model that we have followed so far is looking at direct distribution to households, individuals, or also through cooperatives of, 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 it could be smallholder farmers, fishers, market vendors, and small business owners. Now, we are not saying that the type of instruments that we have introduced in the market through the private sector insurance companies is a panacea for all their problems. But what do we typically need after a major, major event? We need a few hundred dollars for them to, uh, to bounce back immediately. Now, what is the, what is the present mechanism that operates after an event, after a major event? Uh, I mean, assessments are down on the, I mean, on the ground. It could be by an NGO. It could be by a government department. And it, it takes time. Money. It takes weeks. It takes a lot of time. Exactly. That's exactly what I was uh, trying to come to. It takes weeks and months, and then they come up with uh, uh, with a with a budget for uh, recovery and uh, uh, rebuilding. And then they have to go. They have to look at repurposing of their existing budgets. So governments, what they typically do is that the budgets which they had allocated for education or health or infrastructure. They use for say uh, for say disaster relief because the fiscal capacities of many of these governments is not enough to allocate towards disaster response. So the de- so so economic development gets impacted, or they have to either borrow through internal sources or external sources. 
or of course what is the common thing that is done in the pacific is to reach out to donors and ask for assistance donors of course initially they do offer assistance in the form of material but uh, for them also to give cash assistance or to give money takes time because they need to go through their approval process so it could be weeks and months after a disaster before any substantial uh, monetary relief flows now what is the alternate can we introduce market based mechanisms like insurance which are small small amounts the the products that we have helped the market to launch in fiji and vanuatu is approximately about 500 to 1000 us dollars uh, for a category 5 event so this covers the products that are available now uh, uh, they cover uh, cyclonic storms right from category 1 to category 5 so obviously at category 5 there will be highest payout up to $1000 then uh, maybe about $800 at the category 4 level $600 at the uh, cat 3 level $400 at the cat 2 level and uh, $200 or $300 at the cat 1 level so what does it mean so for a payment of a small for a small premium which could be as low as a dollar or $2 per week a family gets an insurance for up to $1000 cover which can actually cover multiple events in a year it can be a category 1 cyclone in the month of november category 2 or 3 cyclone but the maximum payout can be $1000 and this is paid immediately and there is no need of any post disaster verification the the beauty about this product is that it's based on predefined triggers it's based on predefined indexes the index is very simple it says that cat 1 cat 2 cat 3 cat 4 cat 5 a particular wind speed or a particular rainfall level has been reached this is independently verified through remote sensing through satellite imagery through specialized agencies that have been appointed for monitoring these events and if they declare that uh, they normally do it within 2 2 3 days of an event they say that the highest wind speed reached was say 200 kilometers per hour on this day at this time at this particular tikina level or this particular province level right and you know that the that the fiji met office or the national met office or the regional met office also puts out that this was a category 3 event this was a category 4 event it sounds like a great idea but the like the it feels and sounds like a welfare government subsidized type of a product rather than a commercial product where is the viability and and the profitability for because you're saying that this this would be a private sector sort of model right yeah so um we have started with a market based solution when i say market based solution there is no subsidy involved yes uh so you may ask that if there's no subsidy involved how do people uh, pay the premiums so the so the most vulnerable and the poorest of the poor have to be given assistance that is fully recognized i do believe that in every country there will be a percentage of population that lives below the poverty line which is very vulnerable which cannot afford to pay any premium for themselves such communities such groups such uh, 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 such such households have to be brought under the social protection umbrella for which the government or a donor has to pay a premium but but those who are uh, farmers and others like fishers and market vendors who have an economic means who have means of earning their own livelihoods 
who are otherwise uh, having economic activities that give them income have to provide for themselves now i'm not saying it's it's easy going out there and saying uh, like telling people that you should pay 50 dollars or 100 dollars it's it's it it takes quite a lot of effort in building the financial awareness and competencies and building the skills of people so that's why uh, one of the work streams that we focus on is on financial literacy insurance literacy risk literacy and awareness so the product awareness in addition to telling them basic elements of savings budgeting spending wisely avoiding unnecessary expenses so the so the premium structure is about $2 a week let's say and what's $2 a week so many people spend it on unwanted expenses like cigarettes and beer and kava and things like that i'm not saying they should totally stop this sort of social activities but can they repurpose this money towards putting it away for a rainy day so it starts with that it starts with changing habits so uh, the work that we have done so far is to educate people on the importance of saving and putting money away for funding a premium right so the groups that have been covered so far in fiji and last year there were 1388 uh, households or people that were covered mostly they were uh, sugarcane rice and copra farmers root crop farmers fishers market vendor association uh, members women especially and also a few people were covered under the social uh, social welfare scheme so the government as you know in fiji uh, like covers about about 85000 people under its uh, welfare schemes so we did a small pilot last year covering 274 uh, social welfare beneficiaries so the smallholder farmers and fishers were all uh, covered through their respective cooperatives the sugarcane growers council the fiji rice the fiji co the fiji coconut millers the thailewu dairy cooperative uh, the cane cooperative savings and loan association etc uh, this year that's being expanded to cover the fiji crop and livestock council the nature's way cooperative the pacific disability forum uh, femling pacific so that more of these vulnerable groups are covered so some of these cooperatives have have adopted a very innovative uh, premium financing model you know that uh, there is a financial relationship between the member and the cooperative for example a member of the fiji rice uh, gets paid for the paddy that they supply to the fiji rice uh, mill same thing with the coconut millers uh, the the coconut farmer supplies uh, coconuts to the coconut mill the coconut mill uh, in turn makes uh, virgin coconut oil from the from the copra or exports copra and they pay the farmer back on a fortnightly basis so based on an informed consent from the member the cooperative recovers $1 or $2 from every coconut payment from uh, from the fortnightly payment and uses that to fund the premium so that way the farmer gets covered the farmer does not feel the pinch because they are not required to pay 50 or 100 dollars up front but the cooperative instead recovers in small installments and pay and pays the premium on behalf of the member and then we have introduced digital onboarding so which means that there is very little paperwork done for people to join the scheme they give the consent in an electronic format to the cooperative the cooperative uh, takes the data on a tablet or a, or on a mobile phone transfers the data to the insurance company which is in this case 
like local insurance company called Fiji Care, who issues the certificate of insurance. So it's a seamless process of how the data moves from the field to the insurance company and the certificate of insurance is issued. And like I said earlier, in the event of a, uh, I mean, I mean, of a cyclonic event, there is no need of any uh, law. I mean, even in fact, the beneficiary need not lodge a claim because the insurance company will get an automated information from the index monitoring agent, which is independent agent, saying that a particular category cyclone hit the country and this was the path of the cyclone. These were the Tikinas or these were the districts that were covered. This was the, the highest wind speed reached on a particular day. This was the rainfall recorded on a particular day. So based on that, this amount of payment is due for all the members in this particular Tikina, for all the beneficiaries in this particular district. So the insurance company will directly pay into the bank account or to the mobile wallet, in this case, MPISA or MyCash, because the telephone numbers or the mobile numbers of all beneficiaries are captured at source. That's how the model operates. Are we talking conceptual here? Or is this in application in the real world right now in the countries you mentioned? So Fiji, it's real world. If there was a cyclone to happen tomorrow, by end of the week, the payment will be made automatically into the mobile wallet or the bank account. The whole ecosystem is in place. We have done dummy testing uh, and the whole system works. The, uh, Monday this week, we also launched a similar product in Vanuatu and on 8th of November, a product will be launched in Tonga. So, which means that by the time the cyclone season starts in the Pacific, three countries already have such products. Of course, the number of beneficiaries covered in these countries will all depend upon the, mar the marketing activities that are going on. It's estimated that when we uh, close, uh, when the insurance companies uh, uh, close for the current year, which is by the end of this month, uh, because the cyclone season is starting imminently and you can't have any new onboarding after the cyclone season starts. It's like insuring a person who's already on the seabed. So uh, Fiji will have close to 4,000 beneficiaries. Tonga and Vanuatu will have about 200 to 300 each. Yeah, no, it's it makes it all makes sense. Like it really, I'm, I'm interested. I I don't wish a cyclone on anybody, but I'd be interested to come back uh, to you and then just talk about that and maybe talk to some of the beneficiaries and just see how this helps because that that sounds like an a really interesting model. Um, and so this we're talking. This is at the community level. What about the other levels uh, and tiers that you were talking about? What we are addressing is uh, the development challenge at the micro level and the meso level or the community level uh, or, you know, I mean, at the institutional level. Now, at the sovereign level or the macro level, there is already a uh, structure uh, that is available. There are instruments available at the macro level. For example, the World Bank has something called the catastrophic uh, drawdown facility, DDO, CAT DDO it's called. A cat, uh, like what catastrophic drawdown option. So that is, uh, that is, that is available to the Pacific government as well, for which uh, they have to sign an agreement with World Bank. Uh, there are some conditionalities. Uh, there are uh, what's called uh, an, an emergency uh, like event for which there are some specific amounts that the World Bank will offer to that country for certain uh, types of use, which is linked to the particular disaster. 
So that's one facility that is available at the macro level. And this is directly given to the ministries of finance or to the, uh, I mean, or to the exchequer as they say. Then the Asian Development Bank also has a disaster risk financing facility, which is again tied to certain fiscal conditionalities or fiscal conditions that a government has to fulfill. So these are uh, uh, the examples of what is available at the macro level. There's also an insurance instrument available at the macro level. It's called uh, the sovereign sovereign risk insurance, which is offered by the Pacific uh, like catastrophic risk insurance company, which is headquartered at uh, in the in the Cook Islands, and it and it presently offers uh, like protection against uh, cyclone and earthquakes. Uh, and three countries in the region are subscribed to the sovereign insurance. They pay a premium and buy an insurance cover, which will cover at the sovereign level, which means that any payout will go towards the to the government and it's up to the government to use it for say, uh, say uh, like disaster relief. So Tonga, Samoa and Cook Islands are the present uh, countries that are subscribed to this insurance at the sovereign level. This was also a facility that was set up by the World Bank, but it's now an independent insurance company. It's a regional insurance company based on the Cook Islands. Uh, in the past, after Cyclone Pam, uh, like Vanuatu got a payment. Recently, Tonga got a payment of $4.5 million after uh, the 2020 cyclone. It also got a payment after the cyclone uh, Gita in 2018. So this is an example of how at the sovereign level also payments are made to the government for it to undertake uh, uh, both recovery and rebuilding efforts. So what uh, we have brought into the market is totally led by the private sector, uh, where the where uh, at the type I mean at the time of insurance, we have three insurance companies that are uh, partnering with us, Fiji Care and Sun Insurance were uh, our partners from last year, uh, like Tower, which is also based in New Zealand, uh, which is which is headquartered in Auckland. Uh, has become a recent partner uh, with UNCDF. Uh, they are launching their products this week in uh, Fiji and they will also regionally expand because they are present in other countries like uh, Samoa, Tonga, Vanuatu, Solomon Islands, Cook Islands and American Samoa. So we feel that uh, by stimulating or by catalyzing the participation of the private sector, uh, we can bring uh, such innovative and sustainable solutions to address the persistent development challenges in the Pacific.